This podcast is supported by Anchor FM. If you've ever thought about doing your own podcast, then check out Anchor FM. Anchor FM is a free podcast platform that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Or your tablet if you got one. I really can't recommend these guys enough. It was worth switching over from another platform. Once you set up your podcast, Anchor FM will automatically distribute it to all other platforms like Spotify or Apple Podcasts or such and such. It's very easy, very streamlined, and you can start making money immediately. Download the free Anchor app or log on to anchor.fm to get started. This is a Kitty Pod production. Welcome to CR Crime, the only podcast to deal with stories of true crime from right here in New York's capital region. I'm your host, Jason Bullitt, who you may remember is also being the host of the Keep It To Yourself podcast, of which this is an offshoot. This week, we wrap up our mini-series about the gangsters that made their mark on Saratoga Springs during Prohibition and beyond by taking a look at Meyer Lansky, who seemingly took over after Lucky Luciano's arrest and deportation on prostitution charges in 1936. In addition, we'll take a look at some of the lake houses that Lansky ran, either in part or in whole. Meyer Lansky was born Meyer Suchowlanski to a Polish-Jewish family in what is now Belarus on July 4, 1902. Though he always stated that Poland was his native country whenever he was asked. Lansky's family emigrated to the United States at roughly the same age as Lucky Luciano, last week's subject whom he met when the latter was threatening to extort money from him as part of a protection racket. It was also in childhood that he met Benjamin Bugsy Siegel, becoming lifelong friends and partners in one of the most violent gangs of the Prohibition era. Luciano included Lansky, along with other gangsters, in a bid to pool all their gangs' resources to turn illicit gambling into a lucrative business, and thus ensuring all involved got an equal share in May 1929 during the Atlantic City Conference. Lansky learned to play craps on the streets of New York's Lower East Side and, like Luciano, received the mentorship of Arnold Rothstein who brought gambling back to Saratoga after all forms of gambling, apart from horse racing, were outlawed in New York State early in the 1910s. The main fixer of the 1919 World Series met a bloody end in 1928 when he was gunned down during a business meeting at Manhattan Central Hotel. Rothstein died of his injuries two days after the shooting, which was motivated over personal debts. Left to his own devices, Lansky took over ownership of Saratoga lake houses such as the Arrowhead and the Piping Rock Casino, and thus started his involvement in Saratoga's hub of sin and vice in the early 20th century. But down in Gotham, Lansky was involved in the Jew War, wherein Waxy Gordon, born Irving Wexler, fought off both him and Siegel to make sure they didn't get part of his empire. In the summer of 1933, Gordon's men rented out a home on Union Avenue near the Saratoga Racecourse. According to local law enforcement, including Chief of Police Patrick Rocks, 
Gordon Lansky and company kept a low profile during the summer season. Included in the gang were Salvatore Spitale and Irving Bitts, both of whom were hired by famed aviator Charles Lindbergh as middlemen in the search for his missing son a year earlier. While Luciano had connections with Riley's Lake House, Lansky was associated with another Rothstein business, the Arrowhead Inn. Founded in the late 19th century by Ben Riley, no relation to Jim Riley from last episode, the Arrowhead was sold to Matty Cahill in 1907, and Riley opened a resort of the same name down in Yonkers, which burned in 1944, with Riley unfortunately inside the building. Riley died in the Inferno, age 73. The Arrowhead was considered one of the more famous of the illicit gambling halls on Saratoga Lake. It had five roulette wheels, as many card tables, three craps tables, two bird cages, and a wheel of fortune. Nothing at all to do with the popular latter-day game show. This according to Patrick Corbin, the nephew of Rocks, in his book Chippin' Away at the gambling scene of Saratoga. Games of chance took place down on the first floor and also featured a ballroom where many of the top acts of the day such as Bing Crosby and Jimmy Durante entertained the patrons. Even though it avoided such high-profile incidents like the shootout discussed in last week's episode, the Arrowhead did have its occasional run-ins with the law. Even though it avoided such high-profile incidents like the shootout discussed in last week's episode, the Arrowhead did have its occasional run-ins with the law. Sometime before Riley sold the Arrowhead, one of his employees was arrested for embezzling quite a tidy sum of cash. Riley declined to press charges when this unknown employee agreed to pay back all the stolen money. Three years later, Wayman Bascom led a series of raids on the gambling halls. After pleading guilty to various illicit gambling charges, a couple of the Arrowhead's partners only got off by paying small fines. Arnold Rothstein soon sold off his stake in the club's ownership, leaving Lansky as the last ever owner. In the mid-1920s, a total of seven unknown men were arrested by federal prohibition agents for possession of booze and were turned over to Mayor Clarence Knapp. The next time the Arrowhead would be affected by federal law enforcement would be the last time, as it was after Estes Kefauver, a U.S. Senator from Tennessee, opened what was known as the Special Committee to Investigate Organized Crime and Interstate Commerce. More on that later. We'll return to the Arrowhead Inn towards the end of this episode, but let's focus on another den of sin known as the Piping Rock. The Piping Rock was located on the north side of Union Avenue, away from the Saratoga Racecourse. Originally called Mitchell's and the Lido Venice, Lansky opened the club in 1932 along with Joe Adonis and Frank Costello, the latter of whom owned the famous Copacabana nightclub in New York City. Lansky added the club to his various operations not only in Saratoga and New York City, but in Florida and even in Cuba, long before the reign of Fidel Castro. The Piping Rock was the largest and one of the more fashionable of the casinos, with a lot more roulette wheels, but all the same accoutrements, including the ubiquitous birdcage. 
with famed New York chef Al Delmonico providing dinner for the patrons and no less than a thousand patrons in attendance at the peak of the summer season, the Piping Rock assumed the deserved title as Saratoga's swankiest gambling hall after the Brook Club burned in 1934, even earning somewhat unfair comparisons to the famous Monte Carlo Casino in Monaco. As the Second World War reached its end stages, a New York City detective named Joseph Bonanno, who definitely should not be confused with the mobster of the same name, determined that Adonis was one of the club's owners and linked him with the piping rock while testifying at a hearing related to the Copa's cabaret license. According to Greg Beach's book, A Gangster's Paradise, Saratoga Springs, the main source of the scripts for both these episodes, Bonanno had claimed that the club had been a hotbed of activity for both New York and Miami gangsters, and Adonis, as one of its owners, had never seen so much as a check for the club's expensive dinners while playing cards every night during the summer season. Before we get to the end of this series, I feel as though I buried the lead in not addressing how these illicit casinos came to be. In 1901, as the 20th century began, Jim Leary was a clerk in the office of Republican State Senator Edgar Brackett. Leary would later succeed Brackett, whose protection of Richard Canfield led his casino, now located in Congress Park, as an historic site, to great financial success at the turn of the century. However, Brackett later led the anti-gambling crusade in Saratoga, and Leary, in opposition, teamed up with Arthur Doc Leonard, the city physician, in the opposite camp. For the better part of three decades, Leary and Leonard, along with Rocks and Louis Doc Farone, the bootlegging king of the spa city, to form what Beach described as an unholy alliance of gangsters, police, and politicians, end quote and gave rise to the Saratoga Way. The citizenry welcomed the gambling halls and mobsters with open arms, and years of all the bootlegging, illicit gambling, corruption, crime, and graft as one city could handle ensued. Well, as the old saying goes, all good things must come to an end. At the dawn of the 1950s, the aforementioned Estes Kefauver launched his famous committee to end illicit gambling and even drew Saratoga Springs into his crosshairs. After years of lengthy investigation, Meyer Lansky finally felt the long arm of the law on his shoulder. Lansky, along with five others, was indicted in September 1952 on various gambling charges, including conspiracy to gamble, tax evasion, forgery, and making false statements. Lansky opted not for a jury trial, pled not guilty, and on May 2, 1953, was sentenced to three months in Saratoga County Jail in order to pay a $2,500 fine. Oddly enough, this was the only prison time Lansky would serve. While Lansky was one of the rare examples of mob bosses who died peacefully, his net worth was only $57,000 when he passed away in Miami Beach due to lung cancer on January 15, 1983, at the age of 80. This was mainly due to Castro's permanently shutting down casinos in Cuba almost two years into his reign, and the loss of this revenue had left him scraping by in life. As for the rest of Saratoga's lake houses, 
The end of the era of illicit gambling in the mid-1950s left these once grand parlors as hollowed-out shells of their former selves. The Piping Rock burned in 1954, while the Arrowhead Inn met the same fate 15 years later in 1969. Faced with a massive crackdown by local officials as well as those in Washington and Albany, and also compounded by the emigration of high-money gamblers to Las Vegas, Saratoga Springs' period as a hub of wide-open gambling and corruption and ended not with a bang, but with a whimper. And thus ends our series on Gangsters of Saratoga Springs, as well as this episode of CR Crime, the only podcast dealing with stories of true crime right here in New York's capital region. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, take a listen to this podcast as well as the Keep It To Yourself podcast, which are both available on this same feed. You can listen to both podcasts on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or the podcatcher of your choosing. If your podcatcher is able to do so, please give these podcasts and this feed a five-star rating and a good write-up. I've been your host, Jason Bullitt. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy, and I'll talk to you next week. It was also in childhood that he met Benjamin Buggy... Blech.